0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's Your Why, a podcast that showcases the greatness of people through their life stories. Each episode will capture insight into the lives of people just like you and I, with the intention to connect, align, and create inspiration for and with our listeners. Stay with us through our What's and Why segment, where we dive into our guest perspective with some thought-provoking questions that just might be right up your alley. I'm your host, Helen Dillon, and thanks for joining us. Now let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining me on today's episode. Heather and I are beyond excited to share today's guest with you. She speaks of her incredible journey of self-discovery towards her own unique abilities, abilities that can be considered controversial, but in my opinion are welcome tools to finding, achieving, and sustaining direction and life balance. Sheila Tricarton, I'm sure, does not need an introduction for many of you, as she's internationally renowned. She specializes in animal communication, mediumship, and intuitive business consultation, and offers holistic services for pets and people. I've been fortunate enough to get some assistance from Sheila utilizing all three of her specialties, and let me tell you, the word astonishing doesn't even begin to describe an experience with her. I feel like each consultation I have with Sheila has been an important awakening and, dare I suggest, soul-searching guidance on a journey of self-awareness and life path discovery not to mention the deeper connection and understanding I have of my own furry friends' needs, emotions, and reactions, which I discovered through her astounding skills. Sheila describes sagacity to be wisdom through discernment, and with this conversation, I can't think of a more sagacious person that I'm honored to know. So with that, please enjoy listening as we share the beauty that is Sheila
1: Tricardin. Walk through that fear because on the other side— There's so much beauty waiting for you. So Sheila, firstly,
0: thank you so much for joining me today. I've been super excited to chat with you and hopefully be able to gain some of your insight, certainly into your superpowers. And uh, I'd really love to learn more about your road to you becoming you and all the things that you do in this realm today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Absolutely.
0: Give me a little bit of insight or a little bit of background on your story of discovery is maybe where I'd like to start. Self-discovery is is what I'm talking about in particular.
1: That's a good question. When I was very young, I was a very sensitive child, extremely sensitive, hide-behind-your-mom kind of child. I didn't function very well in public. I didn't want to be in public. I was hypersensitive to everything, hypersensitive to foods, hypersensitive. I was like a bubble child because I had so many allergies or sensitivities. It was just incredible. I was getting allergy shots three times a week when I was little. That's how sensitive I was to everything. Mm-hmm. And that was just a reflection of my energetic sensitivity to the world. And it took a long time for me to come into the awareness of what was actually happening with my being. But I have. All kinds of different stories of how my sensitivity was so overwhelming, even for my family. I was definitely known in my family as, you know, the little bit of a crybaby, I guess, <laughs> is the, for lack of a better term, which is probably not acceptable to say these days. But back in the 70s, that was quite fine yeah. to say and yep. probably quite accurate given the circumstances. They just didn't understand and neither did I. So it took a long time for me to come to terms with who I was. I was different than my family. I come from a family. uh, There's five children. Mm -hmm. And my siblings are nothing like me. I am the youngest of the five. And my next sister is five years older than me. So there's quite a gap in our age difference. So I didn't have anybody to relate to me. They more poked fun at me or didn't want to be near me. And I don't blame them now as I'm older, but over time, I started to understand that who I was on this highly sensitive level was a very unique being, but not awkward or weird or unusual because there are a lot of highly sensitive people in the world. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have anybody in my circle that could understand or relate to that. So, give you an example of uh, being so highly sensitive that. I would break a pencil by accident and I would ball for days because I felt that I harmed that pencil because I could feel the energy in everything. So it's a quite unusual upbringing.
0: Yeah. Energy in inanimate objects as well.
1: Well, because the pencil was made of wood, then it held Uh. energy at that time. Of course, Everything holds energy to some degree, even if it doesn't come from a natural substance, it will hold energy. So, keeping that in mind, I was feeling the energy separation of the pencil when it broke in two.
0: How did you deal with that? If everything has energy, that must be overwhelming at a young age to be able to be in tune with that at that level.
1: It was really quite terrifying. And people often say how lucky I am to have the gifts that I do. And I totally feel that way now. I'm very grateful and I can see where they're coming from. But if they saw my childhood, they would not want to have this journey. For sure. It tormented me greatly because I had a lot of occurrences that were overwhelming to my being. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a normal functioning life as your everyday average person would. And now, yes, of course, as I said, it's a blessing. But mm-hmm. a lot of people would say, this is such a gift that you have, and I, and you're so lucky. But it, it was really tormenting as a child. And one thing I used to do is I used to sleep with I'm not kidding you, like a hundred stuffed animals on my bed. And my mom finally came to terms with the fact that there's no way I'm going to sleep unless all my stuffed toys are on the bed with me. Yeah. And so she would take the time I'd get in bed and she'd take the time and put them all around me. Uh, bless her heart, obviously. <laughs> like that's just true mom love, right? Yeah. And it's the only way I felt safe because in the night, of course, the energies are much more tightened. Mm-hmm. And I would have a hard time sleeping because I'd be disturbed in my sleep by spirits and energy around even in the neighborhood. If something was happening in the house next door to us, then I could feel that energy and I would take on the emotions. So it was uh, quite traumatic. And even as a child, there's an example I can think of where I was playing hide and seek with the kids down the road. And at one point, And we were gathering at one person's house and one girl came over and she was to me acting very odd. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's so upset with me. She's so angry with me. And I felt almost debilitated in her presence. And I felt so bad because I'm like, why isn't she accepting me? Why isn't she okay with me? What did I do? And I took all of that on for myself. Later to find out that she had had a fight with her parents, and she wasn't upset with me at all. She was just basically brewing in all that emotion that she was feeling from the fight with her parents, and I was getting that projection and taking it on for myself. Right. So you can understand how that can be debilitating for Absolutely. a young person, a child, yeah. and how it's so confusing as well.
0: This might be a little too personal, but... Were you surrounded by people in your family that were welcoming to maybe those thoughts and ideas, which might have in the 70s been considered different or alternative? Could you talk to your mom about it, or your dad, or, you know, I'm surrounded by different energies that make me uncomfortable. Could you have those types of conversations?
1: No, at the same time as being very hypersensitive, I was very observant and I recognized the personalities and the comfort level of the people around me. And I quickly discovered that it wasn't really acceptable to talk about these things. My father was terrified of spirits. And we used to have the weirdest things happen in our house where the fan would go on in the bathroom or the lights would go on and off. And even at one time we were sitting at dinner. I think it was Thanksgiving. And my dad made a comment about my grandfather who had passed. Mm-hmm. And literally, the fork jumped off the table and hit him in the foot. Seriously. And, yeah, like, <laughs> it was the most amazing thing. We were all sitting there. We all watched it. Nobody went near it. We were all sort of startled. But then everybody started laughing and kind of made light of it. So I didn't really have anyone to guide me, to help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, My grandmother had some psychic abilities, we'll call them, but she had some bad experiences. And by the time I was old enough to talk with her, she wouldn't speak about it because she felt that it was a negative thing. Mm -hmm. My family, I grew up as a Catholic and my grandmother was also Catholic. So it was quite an interesting situation. She definitely wasn't comfortable speaking with me. And then we had a very interesting relationship. We would argue quite a bit when i was young because she didn't want anything to do with me really she could uh. feel it she could sense it and she just wanted to stay away from it and of course that's all her stuff and i get that now but as a child again that wasn't something i was aware of
0: mm-hmm. it was
1: not until i was about i think 19 that i went to the local psychic i mean you have to remember i grew up in northern ontario there's not a lot of open-minded people to energetics and psychic awareness or any other kind of alternative therapies at that time as well. So it was like about 19, I went to this local psychic and uh, my uh, fiance had been killed in a motorcycle accident. So I was looking for answers and I was trying to look for validation as to the other side truly existing and that I wasn't just this Crazy odd individual yeah. who was picking up all this information. And she was the first one who made me feel validated and, and what I was experiencing and the abilities I had. And then from there, I knew okay, I have to get out of this little town and I have to go to where there's someone that's more open so I can learn and understand. Mm-hmm. And then I moved south and was able to find more people that had a greater understanding. There wasn't the internet back then. Yes, right. that's how old I am. <laughs> back from the Stone Ages. Right. But yeah. yes, I always say, we. I think we had Commodore 64s back then. Oh, yeah. was the first one. <laughs> we had a VIC-20. A VIC-20. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there wasn't this exposure that we have now. I mean, we could only learn from books and encyclopedias, and there wasn't a lot of accurate or uh, worthy information in those books to help me. So Yeah. That that changed my life when I moved south and started to experience more like-minded people. Yeah,
0: that had to be uh, quite an eye-opener for you, being young and also not really having the benefit of any of that influence in your whole, really your whole years until 19, right?
1: Yeah, to be honest, my parents never really, even though I've had a business and been doing this since I believe about the age of 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was studying around the age of 18 or 19. But my parents really never understood what I did until I'm going to say probably about 10 years ago. Really? Yeah. I really didn't talk to them about it because I was not comfortable. I'm like, I don't think they're gonna get this. But that one it's it was interesting because when I told my dad, and he kind of got exposure to it, they're not very big internet people. They mm-hmm. they live in another province. So they're far away. So we didn't have a lot of interaction with them in my older years. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But when I actually did tell them what I do, it was so cute because my dad went all over his little town and he was telling people how I could (laughs) talk to animals. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And he was telling me, he was like, Oh, my friend's got this problem with his dog. And can you help his dog? And I told him all about you. And (laughs) I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is totally not what I expected.
0: Well, but a welcome reaction, I'm sure.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, so far we've just touched on your intuition when it comes to spirits and um, more of the, I guess, human energy, if that's even the right thing to say. But I'd love to talk about uh, this animal communication that you just mentioned. That is, that's where it's at for me. <laughs> <laughs> How does that fit into to everything that you do?
1: You know, it's everybody's favorite topic, I think, because uh, we are a world, thankfully, of animal lovers. And well, at least that seems to be who we're surrounded with for sure. But that came about when I was very young and I didn't have anything to do. So I'd go out into the woods around my home. And I'll create a picture for you. So at quite a young age, we moved into the country and we lived in a log house. And there was nothing about, uh, I'd say, a kilometer and a half on either side of us. So there was nobody to play with and nothing to do. And I would go out into the woods around the house and I would discover the animals. And I would speak with the animals and they would speak back to me. And I started to tell my parents different stories about what the animals were saying. And there's a couple different stories I have about situations where I was speaking with the animals And my parents were looking at me kind of odd or funny and just starting to give me that sideways look like, do you think she needs some help? Um, But (laughs) (laughs) There was one time I brought a snake home and you can imagine my mom's delight when I brought that up and (laughs) knocked on the door and she opened the door and I have a snake in my hand going, mom, look, the snake wants to come in and live with us. And she was (laughs) panicking. She grabbed the shovel that was sitting on the porch and she started chasing after this, well, the snake, but also me because I oh, have a no. snake in my hand. She <laughs> just went crazy. And so I quickly started to realize, okay, these are not things that other people understand. I started to listen to the language of other people. They weren't telling me they could understand what the animal was saying. We would go to people's houses. Their pets would tell me what they want. And they would tell me that the people didn't hear them. You know, people weren't mm-hmm. listening. Little shy me would go, hey, you know, your, your dog wants this. And everybody would just kind of go, you know, like, whatever, kid, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So it was also very, the word that comes to my mind is trapped. You know, it's confining at a young age because I couldn't fully express myself. I became a very strong introvert.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I remember also most of my years, especially when I was on my own, I would go to a place and I would stand back and I'd watch people enter a store and I'd watch how they would pull the door because I was so hypersensitive being embarrassed or ashamed by doing something wrong or different. And that's part of my upbringing as well. And that's another long story, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that's just an example of, of the sensitivity I had and the awareness I had in my life and had to deal with it. So the animal communication came at a very young age, but then I ended up suppressing it over time because of that lack of acceptance from others Mm -hmm. and the lack of understanding. It's
0: amazing to me because the person that you're describing in your youth is nothing like the person that I'm speaking to and have spoken to in the past. I mean, it's like night and day, I have to say that. You're literally talking about someone that I have never met.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know her very well either, actually. (laughs) She's long gone. But yeah, it, uh, it took definitely moving into a high school with not knowing anyone and Mm -hmm. leaving all my friends behind from grade seven and eight to put me into a position where I had to go into this awkward space of not knowing anyone. There was no comfort level there. Shoved me out of my comfort zone and I ended up having to become or choosing to become, I guess is the word, somebody different. And uh, it was a pivotal moment for me because I got to decide, you know, who am I going to be now? Because none of these people in this high school know me. I have no preconceived notions of them. Mm -hmm. And so I can create a life that I want that is in any format that suits me. And I decided I'm going to be an extrovert. I'm going to be social. Everybody's going to know me.
0: (laughs) That must have been really challenging. I mean, good for you for grabbing the bull by the horns and realizing that uh, you had the opportunity to make a change to benefit yourself in life. But how challenging that was.
1: Yeah, I went from a deep suppression in, in my life and very afraid of everything to opening up and making myself do it. That's the only thing that worked is I have to do it. I'm going to make myself do it. And in my high school back in that time, it's very clicky. So we had different sections, you know, here it's going to show my age again. But we had like the Smokers Hall. Oh, I (laughs) think
0: that you must have gone to the same high school that I went to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I think back in that time, that was the thing in every high school. Then we had like where all the athletes hung out and where they were called Preppy people hung out back then, you mm-hmm. know. So I made it a mission for myself to be able to associate with all of those groups and not feel segmented or segregated from them because I felt so segregated as a child from society as a whole. By grade 11, I would say, I could walk down any hall and I knew everybody from all classes and could interact and had a strong social network. And was quite different, extremely different from my childhood introverted shy self. Mm -hmm. Those people, of course, didn't know that because they didn't know me when I was younger.
0: Were you able to talk to them in high school about your abilities or did you?
1: That's a good question. You know, still at the time, not quite accepting to most people. It scared the crap out of a lot of people.
0: We're talking probably 80s now, 70s, right? Late 70s, yeah, early
1: 80s. 80s then yeah. that we're talking Don't make me that old. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> wanted to cover the whole spectrum.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It's um 80s then back then is still very uneducated, I I'd say, in this field. Yeah. And so no, I didn't talk a lot about it. There was a couple close friends that I shared some things with. Actually, there's a story where My second cousin was missing, and they couldn't find where she was. She was gone for a few days, and I had a friend that I would talk to, and I shared with him that I got images of my cousin. I knew she was dead. I knew she was stabbed. I knew she had been raped. I knew she had been held in a shed, and I knew that they were going to find her in a ditch. And I shared this story with this friend of mine who was a couple of years older than me at the time. And he was very kind and considerate with the whole thing. And he didn't didn't make me feel uncomfortable with, with that information. He was just mm-hmm. sitting in awe of it. And it was two days later they found her in a two boys coming off their school bus, coming home from school, found her in a ditch, and she was in fact stabbed. And later they found out she was kept in a shed and so all the information that i gave came to be true this gentleman that i was talking with he's one of the few people that weren't terrified by it mm-hmm. he played it very cool i'm not sure i have to ask him i still speak with him so i'll have to ask him if he remembers that and how he ended up feeling about it but previous to that there was a lot of examples where things would happen and i would sort of predict what was coming or read the energy or explain something. And people would no longer talk to me because they felt so freaked out by it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Almost for out of fear rather than anything else.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: I think that happened. Mm,
1: Absolutely. I feel like my whole life has been, if you looked at the sequence of events, it would seem to be very traumatic and unreal to most people because it's been one sort of horrendous story after another of what I was put through, what I experienced. And I really felt sort of victimized. And I felt, again, I'll use the word suppressed Mm -hmm. at that time because of all of that. But as I got older, I started to recognize that all of these things that happened were life lessons and life experiences that helped me help others to a deep degree, that I would never be able to assist them if I didn't walk that path. You know, to be able to have seen or, or felt understood a, a loved one passing, have been experienced with being uh, grown up with alcoholism in my family, becoming an alcoholic myself, having one tragedy after another. And it's something that most people would think, oh, that's, that's just horrible. But I look at it and I'm so grateful. I embrace it with everything that I have, knowing that it brought me to the space that I am right now. And it helps me to understand people. So when I have, I mean, we were talking about animal communication, but when I have people come to me as well to sit and do what I call a life path reading, and I have the supreme privilege of being able to tune into their energy and understand what they've experienced in their life or what they're going through in that moment. And I can relate to them because I've actually walked something very similar. I feel like I can help them on such a more profound level than if I just was looking at that out of a textbook or, you know, trying to relate from an outside perspective. When someone comes and say, I'm struggling with depression or anxiety, I go, hey, I know that one let me talk to you through my experiences. And I can see how the universe has prepared me to be able to guide and assist others on their path. And that's why I think people feel comfortable with me. Like there's not much people could say that could shock me because I feel like I've been exposed to so much in my life that it doesn't become something that's unfamiliar to me or unheard of, or it doesn't seem of course, I guess a lot how I explained being feeling afraid, feeling unsafe, and feeling ashamed are things that propelled me to a space of wanting to make others feel safe, protected, cared for, and valued. And that also goes for the animals as well. The animals have the same journey or a similar journey that matches what we have, where sometimes they'll have experienced trauma. Sometimes they feel overwhelmed in their lives. And when I can hold my energy in a space that's very accepting and safe for them, it pulls them out into a space where they can feel like they can be themselves as well. So, all of that is um, kind of a a long winded answer to what you were saying and totally went all over the board. That's amazing.
0: (laughs) Firstly, I'd just like to add what a wonderful perspective that Mm. you have, you know, being able to take all of that negative energy or negative experiences and factor that into your current life and your current way of living in and trying to help people. I mean, that's a, I don't know, it's just a great perspective to have. And I do have a question about the animal communication. Without digging too deep, so you and I have spoken before. I I don't know if everybody on this podcast listening knows, but I have an amazing cat. His name is Cashew. Uh, You and I have spoken before about Cashew. And I have to tell you, It is an amazing experience and one that I will tell every single person to try and reach out and have you uh, orchestrate some communication or teach people how to do it in some way, shape, or form. Because I look at my cat now and I'm like, Sheila says you're ornery. You are. (laughs) Sheila says you're Winston Churchill. And guess what? You are. (laughs) Stop being Winston (laughs) Churchill to the point that I speak to him that way now. But Anybody that's a pet owner knows that we'll do anything for our pets, but I'm interested to hear uh, or to know more about, is it their energy? Is it an energy that you not talk to, but is it, how does that work? Is it, is it an energy that you feel?
1: It is an energy exchange that occurs when I'm communicating with the animals. It's a natural ability that I have as a, as a child, but it's an innate ability that we all have. Because if you think about it, when you go to speak an English language, that's something that was taught to you. It's not natural. English language is not natural for us We or any language, but visualization in our mind is natural. So when I ask you about something to describe your cat, for example, oh, hey, tell me about your cat, then you're going to picture him in your mind first, mm-hmm. and you're going to get a sense of feeling towards him. And that is what I tune into, is the pictures. Into my energy,
0: you know, thinking about the animals.
1: Well, not, in, not when I'm directly communicating with animals, but okay. when I'm communicating with anyone, basically what happens is your mind thinks in pictures first, and then it translates that into a language and then we verbalize it. So when I'm speaking with the animals, I see the pictures in their mind, and then I couple that with the feelings and sensations that they project associated with those images that they create. Sometimes I actually hear words like dialogue, and other times it's just putting pieces of uh, the puzzle together to create the message that they have. So if the dog is talking about it wants a particular type of treat or a toy, it's going to show me that visually in their mind. So it's like an unspoken language. And then I translate it. So really what I'm doing is just translating the energy that's there.
0: It truly is a gift. It truly is amazing. It really is. You
1: could do it too. It really, take my course. How do I do <laughs> that? Tell me how I do that,
0: because I don't believe you right now. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I should believe you. <laughs> you should,
1: yeah. No, absolutely. I have an online course now that is on demand, so anyone can take it of their own accord. I do teach live when we are in the capacity to do so, and I have taught all over the world. I've been very lucky in that case to be in places like South Africa and Tasmania, into Europe and into the States. But really nowadays, everything's online. So uh, we developed an online course that can be accessed through my website. And you go at your own pace. So if you feel like you're one that learns slower and needs to process, or you're one that likes to go quick, you can take the modules and go through them as slow, as fast as you want. And then you also have my support to be able to assist you through for anything that you don't understand we even have a facebook page that is a support system for those who need that little bit extra guidance along the way i really swear that you could do it i i have never had anybody that i've taught not be able to do it at all they've always been able to do it at some level because again it's natural like if you think about it when you first tried to ride a bicycle You know, you weren't really great at it. It was something that you had to work at. You had to pay attention to everything. You know, your balance, putting your feet in the right spot, holding the handlebars, where are you going, or driving a car for that matter. But over time, after you do it for a while, it becomes so natural that you don't even think twice about it. And then other people who can't ride a bicycle or drive a car would be in awe of you. But in actuality, they could do it too. Same premise with animal communication.
0: So we all have the ability to tap into that energy.
1: 100%.
0: We just don't know how to do it.
1: Well, and that's it. And that's my job to awaken those natural abilities and guide you gently to those spaces of understanding how you can receive the information and how you can send the information. And when we're communicating, it's a two-way street, like any kind of communication. You're going to be able to communicate to the depth that your animal can communicate or the animal that you're speaking to can communicate, and they're going to be able to communicate with you to the depth that you can communicate. So if you're a really great communicator and you're one that speaks to people easily, animal communication will be much easier. If you're one that is more difficult to communicate, then it will, of course, be a little bit more work for you. But practice, 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 like in most things in life, makes you really awesome at it.
0: God, that's amazing. Did you know this was going to be sort of your destination in life as you went through it to help animals and help people and ultimately teach people how to do the same thing?
1: Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: <laughs> You're going to tell me you wanted to be an accountant, right?
1: <laughs> oh, that's so funny you say that because I did take no. business in school and I was, in the, well, I was a night auditor for many years oh, wow. in my younger years. <laughs> See, look at how perceptive you are. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in my uh, younger years, because of the trauma that I experienced with the feeling so awkward or or Abnormal. I -hmm. suppressed my gifts to the greatest of my ability, kind of shut it down, and tried to be as conventional as I could. And I wanted to be a psychologist. So I was actually booked into university to become a psychologist Mm -hmm. at McMaster. And then I had a life changing event in my last year of high school where my fiance was killed, as I kind of spoke of, touched on earlier. Mm -hmm. And really the rug was pulled out from underneath me and I changed directions. I went. Then instead of going away to a university, I went to a local college mm-hmm. and I took business. And then that was my journey of going, I, I don't know, well, first I dial it back a little bit. I gave up for six months. I stopped living and that's when I became an alcoholic. And then I kind of got back on the horse and yeah. uh, of life and started uh, delving back into the understanding of how to function and how to find my niche in life and find my joy again. So I went through the motions of taking the business. It came very natural to me, very easy for me. I didn't have to study. It was great Mm -hmm. So, so at that time, but then it's not what I thought I would be doing. It's interesting because it started to open back up again a little while after that trauma in my life had occurred. And I decided that Because I had so much insight into his passing and I had so much insight into so many things in life, I thought there's got to be something to this and I need to discover it. It gave Mm -hmm. me this sense of almost tenacious love or savoring for that information to understand the concept behind it instead of keep pushing it away or suppressing it. And then that's when I started to study in the field, moved south. Started to find more like minded people and then started to expand it. And then after that, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I'm supposed to help people and animals. I know it. And how blessed am I to be able to have that understanding where so many people who have no idea what they're supposed to do in life. Yeah. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> hey, you're doing what you're supposed to be yeah, doing. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love everyone where they're at. <laughs> That's what I'm trying
0: to do for sure. It truly is an amazing gift, and it brings me great joy to know that there's a, there's a possibility that I could do it too, mm. you know, and I can learn how to uh, how to do some energy work to just be better and feel better.
1: You know, it really changes your life because of the understanding that I have about the concepts of spirituality, why we live, the ability to communicate with all living things, It is a whole different perception. It's a whole Mm -hmm. different understanding. There's so much joy and experience in every moment of every day when you open yourself to these understandings. It's so much easier to live. I mean, spirituality, the, the path of spirituality is a very difficult one because you're constantly challenged. There's a lot of lessons to learn and you're pushed to the boundaries and limits of yourself You're made to look at all aspects of your being, but I can tell you it's so worth it. So worth it. Do you think that
0: everybody has their own definition of spirituality? Not to sort of carry on, but what can I ask you what your definition of spirituality is?
1: Yes, I believe that in spirituality, there are no rules or definitions on how you have to be or what you have to believe other than do no harm. And that's the premise that I walk. And so it doesn't matter what religious belief you have because they're not exactly they're the same. They're not the thing. same. Yeah. Right. So even though like I was I said earlier like I come from a Catholic family, we were I mean I was baptized Catholic, raised Protestant, married United. I mean I I studied oh, all bit, mix religions. all of it. <laughs> you got
0: some all, all of it in there.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, it was one thing I was fascinated with when I was younger is to understand religions, so the oh, way that's important I, to know.
0: It's yes. important to understand a concept of it to maybe be able to understand people a little better too.
1: You know, it's interesting because I feel compelled to tell you this, and I don't know why, but I don't think most people know this about me. But when I was fourteen, I read the Bible. I <sighs> read it front to back.
0: Amazing. Good I know. For I, just, you.
1: I it's so odd to to kind of feel that perception of of being in this place that I am now and. And doing that back then, especially as a 14-year-old, but Mm -hmm. I was so thirsty for information on understanding why we live that I did that. And I also spent two years with a friend who was a Jehovah Witness, and I went to her church, and I researched what they did to understand how they worship and what their beliefs were. And so as I walked along my path, I just collected like a buffet from all types of belief systems and religion The different aspects of how I view life now. So there's pieces of everything that come into play. I mean, I studied Buddhism. I've, I've kind of touched on many different areas. And I take a little bit from all of those to make up what I believe to be is the way that I need to live life. And I try to encourage other people to do that. Find what resonates with you and live from that space, no matter what it is.
0: And it's just okay. Absolutely. It's such a feat. I think it takes us so long in life to just figure out that it's just okay. If I go to this church, it's okay. If I choose to not practice a religion or have a faith or if I'm spiritual this way, it's just all okay because it's a part of who you are.
1: I wish that more people in the world had that view that you just presented right there because we would live in an entirely different world. Yeah. But that is exactly how I feel. Yeah. You know, everything should be okay and, and we should not judge other people for their belief systems because that's what they need to live their life the way that is best for them. Yeah. And we should all honor that in each other. We don't, but maybe one day we will.
0: Maybe everyone will listen to this podcast and they'll (laughs) just start to change their views on it, right? I hope so. That's what we We, can hope for.
1: You've planted a seed, I'm sure. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Exactly. Well, first, I wanted to get to your your membership program so people can learn more. It's called Sagacity, correct?
1: That is the right pronunciation, yes. Sagacity. Perfect.
0: Because I was like, (laughs) Sagacity. How does that work? Does that mean anything? It's such an interesting word.
1: Yes, it means uh, wisdom through discernment, essentially. And it was something that was channeled to me. I had never heard that word before either in my life. And when I first got the image of the word in my mind, it was basically channeled or downloaded. I I was like, yeah, same thing. Saga City? What is Saga City? (laughs) Why do my guides, why do my angels want me to term my membership program Saga City. doesn't make any sense to me because my membership program is about teaching other people about spirituality and how to live a spiritual life from the same perspective as we just talked about. So it's interesting that that came through. But then when I read the definition and I heard it, the actual pronunciation Mm -hmm. is sagacity. It made so much more sense. But I love it because it fits. It's that little bit of humor in there, too, when people say, Saga City, oh, I saw your Saga City program. I just chuckle and I love it. Because <laughs> i like, oh my god, like, it's
0: not a video game.
1: <laughs> it, it also is Saga City, I think. I think the, the humor is so applicable to it. But yeah. um, yes, yeah. the whole premise of sagacity is to be able to enlighten others on their path of life. Because I book out so far in advance, and I do offer one-on-one coaching in the concepts of spirituality and psychic abilities and holistic healing. But I can't get to everybody. I was getting too many requests that I couldn't fulfill. And I felt so devastated. And so I decided to develop this program or I was guided to more more like it. Mm -hmm. And we put together a concept where there's a a podcast and it's an educational podcast. So they're always learning something in the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's teaching them. And then there is a guided meditation that they receive monthly, as well as a special gift, which is usually a tool for their toolbox. And also there's a question and answer segment that's pre-recorded where people submit questions and I answer them in a video format. Also helps to educate them. And this way, it's been really great at assisting those people who say, I know there's something more to life. I know I need more explanation. I need another viewpoint or I have these beliefs and I don't have anyone to share them with. Oh, my gosh, that one I've heard nonstop for years. Like, I believe in this, but my family doesn't. My husband doesn't. My girlfriend doesn't. You know, I don't have any friends that have these same concepts and I don't have any way to discuss them. So where can I go? Right. So it's interesting to develop this type of. Membership that is like a community. Yeah.
0: You've created a community. Yeah. So people can access that through SheilaTricardin.com?
1: Correct. Yes. SheilaTricardin.com, my website, or Ultimate Healing Concepts.com, get you to the same spot. And then that information is all there. And they're always welcome to reach out to me for a greater understanding of it. It's a unique concept, sometimes hard to relate to. There are also two free. Uh, things on my website that they can access where there's a sample podcast and a guided meditation. So you can sample the concept of what's provided in Sagacity as a membership.
0: I was gifted your membership uh, by a very close friend of mine. And I have to say, it's amazing. It gives you a lot of perspective and insight and, you know, different things to focus on. The meditation is something that I've spoken about in the past as not being an expert on and something that I'd like to learn and not something that I even really do. I, I can't even say that I do it on a regular basis. But the membership that I was able to take advantage of really I enjoyed it because of your different meditations that you, uh, that you offer through it, for sure.
1: Oh, thank you. Absolutely. I'm glad. Yeah, some people really love the meditation. Some people love the podcast information. It has a little bit of everything. It really does.
0: Yeah. And your podcast is Channeled In, yes?
1: It's called Channeled In. Yes, Channeled that was in. also downloaded information. When I was looking at what can I call a podcast that, you know, I'm sitting there and the idea of channeled in came in and I just laughed Again, so much humor in the universe, right? It's, very it's, fitting. It's perfect. It's I love it. It's very
0: fitting. <laughs> Good deal. Before we move on to the what's and why segment, I just want to let everybody know again, sheilatricardin.com, make sure that you go there, or ultimatehealingconcepts.com. Yeah, get checked in, get tuned in, make sure that you uh, get all the information that you need to get. At those two locations. And I would love to move on to the what's and why segment, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. I'm taking a quick break from our fab chat to bring you a short message. First, that we hope you find as much enjoyment in listening to the show as we find in making it. And also, that we welcome your feedback, questions and guest suggestions anytime. Please reach out to us either by email info at whatsyourwhy.ca or by our social media platforms at What's Your Why One. Our number one goal is always to bring good things to good people. So please keep sharing with your friends and family too. Thanks for listening, and be well until next time we see you here. And now we've come to what some would call the very best part of the show our segment appropriately named What's and Why's. It's where we get to ask our guests some questions that inquiring minds want to know. So without further ado, I bring you the what's and why's for your listening pleasure. So my first question is, who do you look up to and why?
1: Mm, Such a good question. I'd say that most of my life, because of the way that I lived, my mentors have been my guides, has been the universe, and the ability to communicate with them has brought me through a greater understanding of what to do in life. So they're energetic beings, but they are definitely who I look up to and who drive me in my life to be a better person, to gain more knowledge. And when I don't have the answers or I don't have the understanding, that's who I go to. And it's not your everyday average answer, I'm sure, because most people have, (laughs) oh, it's my brother, it's my mom, it's my child, it's my dog, my cat. (laughs) But uh (laughs) I would say that it's my team that I have in spirit that works with me. That guides you through life. Mm-hmm. Because they have been the ones that have been with me and that I've been able to feel that I could feel safe with and that I can trust. And they have shown me the way to move through my life with the greatest amount of ease and understanding.
0: Amazing. What's something that brings you joy and Why?
1: Oh, my gosh, that should be easy, right? Because it's animals and it's nature.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's everything.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh, it's everything that's alive. Yeah, it's just energy in general. I have the most heart joy when I am spending time with an animal, which I'm sure so many people are nodding their head and they can relate to. You know the animals are so easy to be with. Nature is so easy to be with, and it's so gratifying, and so supportive, and it's so safe, and it's so loving. So I can't imagine anything else bringing more joy than that, for sure. Other than maybe my child, because you know he is—he's the (laughs) light of my life as well.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) When you look back through your life, what decision brings you the most happiness, and why?
1: Hmm, that's a good one. I think that the decision to tell my friend his dog was talking to me was the best decision I've ever made in my life, even though it was a forced decision, I think. I felt like I was being cornered into that space. But uh, when I was talking to him on the phone, his dog was coming through, and I was relaying to him information. Really? Yes, from his dog. But it was so funny because he had moved his furniture around. He moved the dog beds around. There was a lot going on. He was painting in his house. And so I started having this conversation with him. I was like, hey, why'd you put the couch in front of the window? And he was like, what? How do you know know that? I'm like, "Um, I don't know, just a lucky guess. And then I'm like, you know, you moved the burgundy bed, dog bed. Can you put that back where it originally was? (laughs) And he was saying to me okay, what's going on? Do you have cameras in my house? What's happening? So this is before I publicly awakened my animal communication abilities, obviously. And when I voiced to him that his dog was relaying the information to me, he said to me, oh my gosh, which one? I'm so excited. Tell me this. Tell me that. And I thought, you know, everything in me cringed thinking, oh, he's going to criticize me he's going to make me he's going to belittle me this is going to be so awkward but he didn't he embraced it with all of his being we talked like an hour to both of his dogs because he had two of them Mm -hmm. and I am so thrilled that his one dog came through at that time and then he basically dragged me out to people's farms and places to communicate with animals to get me out of that discomfort and push me into doing this. He said, you have to do this for people. This is what you're meant to do in life. So that was the best decision I ever made to just open to him and tell him his dog was speaking to me. And I went through that kicking and screaming, but in the end, it's changed my life. And here I am today with this beautiful career and this wonderful way of living that I can only be thankful to him for and his dog for sure.
0: What an aha moment. On a side note, imagine what that might have been if if he had have reacted differently or if that was
1: anybody else, right? Yeah, it was such a gamble, too. And it was amazing just to be able to express myself. I really just waited. I sat there and I went, do I tell him, do I tell him? And I yeah. swear, I went through about four different things that the dog was telling me before I caved and told him it was the dog because I didn't want his rejection. And he embraced me so full heartedly, like did not skip a beat. I swear he just was like, Oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. Which one of my dogs is talking to? Can you ask them this? Can you ask them that? Like, it was so normal.
0: That must have just brought you an immediate amount of joy, like just filled your heart and just with
1: relief, right? Oh, no, it scared the crap right out of me. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) God.
0: Well, let the lesson be learned, everybody. Listen to your intuition. That's what Sheila says. Listen to your intuition.
1: (laughs) I couldn't say it better myself. Follow those instincts and stand in it. Walk through that fear because on the other side, there's so much beauty waiting for you.
0: Yeah. What's something that you feel people get wrong about you and why?
1: Yes, I would go back to that concept of the idea that I am a full extrovert because I have learned to be an extrovert where innately, I am an introvert at heart. So I can only handle so much public space, so much interaction. I can only handle so much conversing in a day. And then I have to go refuel and recharge and be on my own, be with nature. Because even though I've learned to be extroverted and I love it now, I enjoy it. It's still not what my natural function space is. And I have to Refuel often, and so a lot of people don't recognize that. I mean, even my partner sometimes doesn't recognize. I come home from work, and he just is yep, 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 talking away like crazy, and I'm like, please, please don't say anything, please be quiet, I can't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> and it's it's usually a space of, you know, I I just. I can't do this. I I I can't talk anymore. I can't listen to anything more. I yeah. need. I'm on overload. So a lot you just of people, need to be able to turn off. Yes, and a lot of people yeah. don't recognize that because it looks so easy. What I do, they think it's easy, and like most things in life, it, it's not. It's not. It takes energy. It takes awareness. It takes focus, and I have to be in a certain space to be able to be that receptive and perfect channel to be able to hear and to receive and not let my own self get in the way or my own mind thoughts. So
0: wow. Who would you like to hear on what's your why as a guest and why?
1: Um this one is a hard one for me because I have a list of like 101 people for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
1: My first instinct is a lady that is a friend of mine named Jane Pritchard. And this is just totally instinctual. I feel like her story needs to be heard more. She is a local newscaster Mm -hmm. and she has a beautiful life story where and I don't want to give away in case you do have her as a guest. But she not only has this amazing career and the way she got to that career was quite surprising as well but she also is a cancer survivor. And she is also a nutritionist that a lot of people don't recognize that side of her. So there's many aspects of her that I think you could discover if you inquired and had her as a guest. Her story is, I find it quite interesting and phenomenal. And then I was thinking about it, and I'm going to give you someone else too. So I have this guy that I met when I was in Tasmania. And I met him kind of sort of by fate. My friend and I, we went out for dinner. So I was in Tasmania to teach animal communication. Mm -hmm. And we had a night off. And my friend that was with me, we went to dinner at this restaurant. We were just drawn to this really cool space called the Drunken Admiral. (laughs) Isn't that a cool name? The Drunken Admiral. (laughs) And while we were there, I was picking up energies of the building. And I was explaining to my friend the spirits that I felt were in the space. And we were talking about this little girl that I felt and how it was pretty amazing and, and her personality. She was a little cheeky and kind of a jokester, and she wanted to play games. And then I felt this other man come through. And then the waitress came over and said, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be eavesdropping on you, but I hear you talking about these spirits in, in the restaurant. And can you tell me what you're getting? And I was like, oh, say, We've come a long way since my childhood, haven't we? (laughs) It's
0: not the 80s anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It certainly is not. So I'm having this conversation with her and telling her what I picked up. And she asked for my information. And she said she felt like the owner would want to talk to me. And so the owner contacted me. And he asked me to come and walk through the place with him. Because apparently there's so much activity in this restaurant that they even wrote a book about it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I find out this man, his name is Greg Godfrey. He's actually written several fictional books, but he has also not only wrote books, but he, when he was 12, hopefully I'm not giving too much of a story away, but when he was 12, he wrote a short story that was taken on by ABC and they made an animated version of this short story and they aired it. And so he also became later a screenplay writer and a director. So he has so much of this vast experience in his lifetime, but he's just this non-assuming everyday person that was like, hey, contact me and said, can I have a coffee with you? Can you tell me all about you? Can you tell me? And I'm like, wait a second. After I'm like, all about me what about i want to know about you (laughs) yeah Yeah. he he, i found him far more fascinating than i am so it's interesting that he comes to my mind as well because he also shared so many amazing stories of the experiences that he had i was in awe really i was
0: i want to talk to them both absolutely
1: (laughs) fantastic i look forward to hearing about that
0: well, Sheila, your, uh, your zest for life is amazing. Your uh, gifts and talents are out of this world. I mean, really, truly. And I don't claim to have a personal relationship with you, but I know that we've met a few times outside of doing this podcast in the past. And uh, everything that you say is always insightful and I have gratitude for it and it fills my heart. It really does. Thank you for ha- having this conversation with me and thank you for helping me through life.
1: Really. Oh, thank you, Helen. You know what? It's been a true honor to, to be able to know you and to do some work with you. Thank and you. I really love this journey that you're on, this podcast that you've created. It's fantastic. And it's helping so many individuals. We we are all here for different reasons. And you can certainly see your forte and your gift that you have to the world as well. And I'm honored to have been a guest. Thank you so much for considering me.
0: Thank you very much. Do you like how you're hearing today's episode? I don't mean how you're listening to it, but how you're hearing it. Whether you're driving in your car or listening on some pods, there's one thing that I'm certain of, that this podcast has been produced with the most enjoyable hearing experience possible. For those of you that know me, you know that these skills are most certainly not in my repertoire. So for that, What's Your Why has Twisted Spur Media Solutions to thank? Twisted Spur is an all-encompassing solution-based media company that's everything magic offering digital solutions in podcast and audiobook editing and production, online course and membership design and development. In addition to content creation, online paid advertising management, and project planning, it's a one-stop shop of mad skills that Heather and her team bring to every project they work on. I can and will speak from personal experience when I say that Heather is a true advocate for quality, and you won't find a better solution for your digital project than Team Twisted Spur. If you like what you hear or even just want to nose around, check them out at twistedspurmedia.com, where the process is easy and the solution is even better. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for this episode of What's Your Why, our listeners, guests, and our sponsors too. It's our hope that you enjoyed your time with us and possibly gained some new perspective as well. It's said that we can learn something new every day if we just listen, and that knowledge has a beginning but no end. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be safe, be well, and remember, always leave people better than you found them. A Twisted Spur Media production.